You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Won't the World Series Ever Get Here edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen with me, my son, and West Coast correspondent Will. Uh, we are recording on Thursday, a day before the series starts, and what seems like six weeks after the last baseball game got played. I am wearing uh, my Ozzie Guillen hat because... Goodness knows, Ozzy's still out there as a prospect to be the new White Sox manager. I don't think it's going to happen. Much as I love Ozzy, I don't really think it should happen. But what the heck, it's out there. Be more interesting, that's for sure. Will is wearing a Phillies hat, appropriate for the upcoming series. And actually, you wore hats, and I've got hats just like that. I could have done it too, because when you were a teenager, you played summers in a place called Patterson Park, which stole <laughs> the Phillies' pee <laughs> to put on the hat. It was barely perceptibly different for the Phillies' It was pee. different. It was technically I think different. that little little hook on the bottom of the pee for the Phillies wasn't there or something, but it was really close. And then the hats were supposed to be maroon. But one year, you're, I mean, I made the order most of the time, but the year I didn't make the order, the coach who did make the order mistakenly ordered red, so it would look right like a Phillies hat. Ain't nothing <laughs> wrong hey, with that. Those teams were all very good. So, it, but it more importantly, way. first team I ever played on was the Phillies. My first oh, coach yes. pitch team coach was pitch. the Phillies. So I, uh, I had mom send me the picture of my trading card uh, <laughs> from my six-year-old season, and uh, I've got Phillies across the chest, but. 
you know, being a Kentucky coach pitch league, we didn't invest greatly in the memorabilia the way they do now. <laughs> uh, so I just have a blank maroon hat. Because uh, I guess the Phillies were actually probably maroon when I was six years old. They might have not switched to the brighter red that they have now. Um, because, you know, for ages, they were that rich, dark maroon, like the Mike Schmidt days. He's always in yeah, yeah. the maroon. And then they had that period where they were in the baby blue uh, with the maroon, which was a really, a really great look. But now they're a lot more Americana. Uh, I'm wearing the Phillies hat because I, you know, am, am shamelessly cheering for the, the Phillies. I am, I'm a full Phillies fan this week, fan spelled with a PH as well. The, the American League made it easy on me. Uh, they gave us Houston and the Yankees and the ALCS. So I knew I was going to be either a Phillies or a Padres fan come this week. Unfortunately, I already had one of the hats. Uh, and the Phillies were the ones that won. So, uh, yeah, I'm a go Phillies. Go Phillies, big time. The only, the only thing with the go Phillies is one of the leading contenders for White Sox manager is Joe Espada, who is the bench coach for the Astros. You know, I think would be an excellent choice. I mean, he's been under Dusty Baker. He's been with really winning teams. He's been all kinds of really good things. But Dusty has not really said whether he's coming back next year. And you've got to bet that if the Astros don't win the World Series, he is coming back. And in which case, uh, a spot is available. But if they do, Dusty will retire and Espada will take the top spot there. So, uh, it's yeah, a Phillies I mean, thing either I, way. I think if the, if the Astros win the World Series, that's going to be it for Dusty Baker. Um, I, I, I think it would be the intelligent movie. 73. Why still become... a great manager. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's tough to hate the Astros, uh, in the way that it's popular to hate them right now. Be- just because Dusty Baker is such a great coach. Uh, and it's it's tough not to support Dusty, but it's just so easy to dislike these Astros, which I'm not even sure is really founded in much anymore, since it seems like, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, that really every team is cheating all the time. Um, yeah, including the White Sox. Including the White Sox. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not... I am not sure if Dusty will stick around if they lose. I think there's a chance he goes either way. Um, but oh, he, I think he, I think he's because they still got a great team. They're still going to be right in it to win the World Series next year. I think because he's never done it. I mean, he's just hanging on for that one, oh, right, that one yeah. little piece that he hasn't had in in a really terrific career. Meanwhile, the Phillies hitting coach, whose name I can never remember because I never actually learned it. Um, is also on the managerial look list, along with Ozzy, uh, I guess Mark Quattraro uh, of Tampa Bay, for some reason, has not been on the White Sox list. He was on everybody else's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they will do without a manager. That'd be good. Maybe they need to fire Rick Hahn first. That would help. And then the general manager could hire his own manager. And then they can fire, oh, they can fire Ken Williams first. And then he could hire a new general manager. And speaking of Kenny Williams, David Stearns today, recording this on Thursday before 
the series starts, resigned as president of baseball operations for the Brewers, uh, apparently staying there in some kind of consulting capacity. But there's a guy who did really, really, really well with not much money to go with um, for a long time. Uh, it's really built a very fine team over there. So David Stearns, I mean, because Ken Williams, I mean, let's face it, he has clocked out. Nobody has any idea what he's doing, including Ken. Uh, so, you know, let's I, yeah, I, I seriously could not tell you one thing Kenny Williams does anymore. Uh, it's it's kind of bizarre. Like, he seems so uninvolved with his baseball team. And, and, you know, maybe he's working nonstop behind the scenes. But I'm clueless on what he might be doing. And same with Han, really. These two guys have just absolutely checked out. They're they're useless. They're a useless front office, and you know maybe they need to change the scenery. I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know how that works with front office people, but yeah, they are absolutely abysmal. We have we've got to find something else. That being said, I don't think happen. we will. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not going to happen. We know we're going to get a new. You're my lifetimes, or more specifically, Jerry Reinsdorf lifetimes, and I think. Reinsdorf will certainly outlive me, even though I'm 12 years younger, and probably outlive you, even though I'm 10 years younger. He's 86, right? 10 years younger, even though you're 50 years younger. He'll be around. He'll die. He'll 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 be out oh, there, yeah. hanging on because he doesn't want to get any taxes paid on anything. Uh, Meanwhile, which, I'm sure they're uh, they're looking at someone like Bobby Cox to take the managerial <laughs> position. I don't even know if Bobby Cox is still alive, but, uh, (laughs) but he seems like the kind of guy that they'll go for, you know, 110. And, uh, speaking of nostalgia now, or looking back, a book came out today are the first reviews on it by Jeff Perlman. Have you seen any of the stories on this? No. It's about Bo Jackson. It's a, it's a all about Bo Jackson, but it includes Bo Jackson's time with the White Sox and absolutely tears into Frank Thomas. Oh. Absolutely. Every every nasty slur word, and I don't mean racial slur word, but I mean human slur word that you can come up with of what kind of incredible jerk Frank Thomas was since 1993. He was still just 25. Now you look at the lovable Frank doing the pre and post game now, you go, jerk, how could that be? But he was. And remember... Well, he was famously a jerk, though. Yes. I don't, for a, I don't for a even think, I think in the think pre- and post-game, it's not fooling me. Like, I think <laughs> he's still that guy. Well, remember, we, in 1998, almost ceased to be White Sox fans, which you had been since birth because I forced it on you, and I had been for, at that point, 30 years, uh, because the White Sox got Albert Bell. Right. And who was the biggest jerk in all the baseball at the time. And Frank was in a very whiny, whimpering, crybaby stage at the time. And our theory was we don't mind rooting for a team that never wins anything. But if they're going to be such horrible human beings, we got to look elsewhere. And that's when we went down to Tampa and watched the, right. the we first year right. Rays lose four in a row to the Yankees and learned even more than we already knew what incredible. Jerks, Yankees fans are. <laughs> well, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm wearing a Phillies hat, so maybe not too much to say there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing about Thomas is, you know, his reputation was just terrible. Griffey had a much better reputation, but also not the best reputation. Barry Bonds obviously had a really bad reputation as a person. Um, could have been the steroids, causing everyone to be a little on edge uh, during that time period. But not not the nicest group of uh, of dudes in the 90s who were, you know, sort of the faces of Major League Baseball. I remember... I think it was a Sports Illustrated issue when Thomas's whininess was sort of at its peak. And it's just a picture. He's on the cover. And it's a picture of him and his pinky was hurt. And there's like a trainer looking at his pinky and he's cringing like, ah! <laughs> and it just says the big hurt question mark next to it. Well, that's the that's entire uh, White Sox team today. What One of the things it said in this in this book was that because the big hurt was so big, he was totally intimidating, even though he was a relative youngster on the team at the time. Except for Bo Jackson, because you don't intimidate Bo Jackson. So why it came up so much in this book, apparently, about Bo, is that Bo was the one guy who could stand up to him. Hmm. And did. And basically told him to shut up. And apparently that did some good. <laughs> but uh, well, if if Bo Jackson's telling you to shut up, it's time to shut up because yes, that, yes, it is. That guy, I was actually just watching some videos of him the other day when you know one of them popped up on a, a social media site of some sort. I went down the Bo Jackson rabbit hole, and <laughs> wow, what an athlete! What an incredible athlete, Albert Bell. I also went down the rabbit hole of Albert Bell videos, coincidentally. And while I was not a fan of Albert Bell back in the day, watching him now, you got to respect a guy who's just willing to punch someone in the face on his way to second. (laughs) (laughs) You don't see that move very much anymore. And, And when I watch those replays, I'm like, you know, what's the best way to break up a double play? Is it an errant slide that they might call you on nowadays? Or... Is it punching the second baseman in the face on your way to second base? I tell you, they didn't turn two. I mean, <laughs> they did when the umpire ruled it as like assault or whatever the rule is there. But yeah, it, it's just wild the stuff that Albert Bell, I mean, didn't get away with, but got away with. I mean, these are a lot of his things he was doing were crimes technically. <laughs> and yet he's still got to play major league baseball because if you do that on a baseball diamond the law doesn't apply in the same way um but yeah uh, frank thomas albert bell bo jackson those are some personalities where if you are a front office guy whatever you were smoking the day i mean it was the early 90s so maybe the guys were in the white Sox office doing lines of coke and just thinking like you know who we should put together in the same room on the same team Albert Bell, Frank Thomas. Let's just see what happens. It'll be electric. Uh, and uh didn't really work out. Didn't really pan out. Um, so, yeah, uh, just to circle back, you know, um, Frank Thomas, probably not a good managerial candidate. I've heard, uh, I've heard some Although, people. Although, you know, if they, they say they need, uh, they need an authoritarian, 
by God, he could be an authoritarian. He could, but the problem is with all of our injuries, you know, Frank's not afraid to sit out a game. So <laughs> I'm, I'm worried that, you know, if, if Tim Anderson sneezes in the dugout, Frank's going to be like, you got to take a few months off, man. That's not, that was a brutal sneeze. Uh, we should take our break here, though. Um, when we come back, we will talk more White Sox. I've... Yeah, well, yeah, we can go into uh, MLB trade rumors that said both the White Sox offseason review of their own and done a chat on it the, this morning, just a couple hours before we record, so we can get into that. Great, so we can uh, hear the trade rumors for trades that will never happen we'll never because have, our never. players are useless. Uh, yeah, so stay tuned, and we will be right back on Sharing Socks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We did a little reminiscing in the uh, first half of the podcast today with our break from not only White Sox baseball, but baseball in general as we approach the first World Series game in Houston tomorrow night. Uh, But MLB Trade Rumors did a little bit of chatting about the White Sox this morning since the name of the site is MLB Trade Rumors. I would have to assume that there were some possible trade talks. Uh, What'd you learn? Well, the, their own column on it, and, and I say their guys are really good. Sometimes their call-in guys are not that bright, but their own guys are really good. But didn't say anything that we haven't all thought for a long time. You know, so and so and so. You know, we got to do something about having twenty-five designated hitters on the team. Uh, you know, what are we going to do for a pitching rotation? Is Johnny Cueto going to go? Is Abreu really gone? Yeah, Abreu's really gone. Uh, I don't think they get into uh, the team chemistry aspect. I don't think they did uh, the horror story that is. And I keep wondering more and more if Abreu having no interest in coming back. And I mean, Jose showed no interest in it. Um, has as much to do with his teammates as it did with Tony LaRusa. Because even after LaRusa left, Jose didn't kind of, Quietly go, yeah, we're talking. Nothing. No indication he wanted to come back at all. And you just wonder, uh, you know, there's the articles about the leadership in the clubhouse, blah, blah. He was the leader. Maybe nobody would listen to him anymore. He goes out there and plays every day, kills himself, tries to score from first on a single almost, even though it takes him five minutes. Even though he can't run. Uh, And the rest of these guys just loaf around and, uh, take a couple of weeks off because their pinky hurts uh, and whatnot. He might got just disgusted with them. Uh, but 
be that as it may, uh, what they were talking about was the usual things, uh, right? The, the corner outfield spots, the, the overloading of first baseman who really can't play anywhere else. There are some theories that Andrew Vaughn can play first base well. He didn't grade well as a first baseman when they scouted him in college. I don't know what makes him think he's going one site I read was going prospective White Sox Golden Glovers. And they said, Luis Robert. Well, yeah. Yohan Moncada. Yeah. Andrew Vaughn. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> you gotta well, be kidding. He can, he's a human boy. <laughs> but to be fair, to be fair, in Vaughn's defense, uh, obviously we're not talking about left field gold glove. Oh, God. <laughs> we're talking about first base, a position that he has not really gotten to play at a major league level and has been on a team that has been allergic to defensive and fundamental baseball coaching. I actually do think that if you had a great manager who was fundamental first and very interested in defense, the opposite of what we've had these past couple of years, I think Andrew Vaughn is a potential very good first baseman. He needs big league coaching. I don't think Andrew Vaughn has gotten any big league coaching of any sort whatsoever. Look at the people who've been coaching him since he came up. With the exception of, you know, maybe he learned a little bit in the 2020 season. But you've got La Russa in charge, where defense went completely out the door. Hustle went out the door. You've got him playing in the outfield where he does not belong. Every day he was playing in the outfield, he was getting worse at first base. I do believe that. As as someone who still plays rec league sports, the more time you spend away from your position doing something you have no business doing, the worse you are when you actually have those few opportunities at your position. I think with a great manager and a great defensive coach and people who care about the fundamentals of baseball – Do I think Andrew Vaughn's a a, a rock star first baseman of the future? No, I don't. But you don't have to be that good to play first base. You just need to be able to play first base. And I do think he's going to be more than capable of doing that. We get the right guy. He'll probably be almost as good as Jose, who was not good. Jose, but Jose had things he was really good at. He was good at going back on pop fouls. Very good at that. Don't think Vaughn will be because he can't move. And he was really good at the 363 or 361 double play. He nailed that throw to second base every time, no matter where that, the base runner was. That was his best, his best. Work. Not going to happen with Andrew Vaughn. But uh, you but, don't know. I mean, that's the thing with Vaughn. You have to remember the kid's still what, 26 or something like that? He's five, maybe at four or three. Yeah, he's he's still so young because they brought him up a little too early. So I think, again, I think with great coaching, Andrew Vaughn does actually elevate to being a a better player. I could see Vaughn ending up being a better first baseman overall than Abreu. But he has to have a coach that wants to make him that. Well, Super Joe is theoretically the infield coach, but... Well, Super I Joe mean, should be super gone. So that's yeah, absolutely has to be gone. If any of these coaches are still around next year, I will expect no improvement from from the White Sox. I mean, I'm not expecting it anyway, just based on 
how lackluster this season was. But a great managerial hire could motivate them to become a much better team. On other things, of course, you get a lot of complaints. Second base, you got to do something about second base. Second base was awful. Because I wrote the postseason piece on Josh Harrison, came to the very strong realization it wasn't. He was horrible, absolutely horrible in April and May. I mean, he's hitting about 180 by the end of May. The rest of the year, he was very, very good. Uh, the only time that he didn't hit around 300 in a month, he had a 750, 760 OPS. He had 300 plus in September when the, when the 25 year olds were all totally worn out, couldn't play anymore. Plus, of course, he was by far the best defensive player. So I'm sure they will not pick up his option. <laughs> yeah. He I was mean, very with, valuable. They will not pick up his option. With, with Harrison, there's, you know, he's older. Um, I don't want to call him old because I think we're the same age, but, uh, he's, he's I, older. I, I, I believe, yes, you say you were in the same graduating class of high school and graduated from high school about 10 miles apart. Yeah. Um, and luckily for you, he was in a division one team because otherwise you would have had to pitch against him <laughs> and it would not have been pretty. <laughs> hey, he's only five nine. I mean, that's a pretty good matchup, but yes, I, I can picture Josh Harrison uh, accessing some power that he doesn't usually access if he were to face me. Um, I, I think it's it's a slightly tougher call on Harrison just with age that there really could be some regression there. Um, but that is something I would have assumed for this year. And as you just said, you know, the guy hit 300 in, in September and played pretty good defense um, you know, a couple of weird little streaks, but yeah, played. He the, he the, yeah, he had that week of the yips in September, but otherwise all season he was good defensively. But he did he had, by far. He had, it was 1.0, uh, D war in baseball reference, by far the best on the White Sox, uh, Moncada next to 0.6. And most everybody yeah. negative, including Luis, because he didn't really show much interest in playing field. Um, and boy, there are a lot of comments out there these days about none of them show much interest in playing, which is the other thing about Josh. He loves to play baseball. Yeah. It shows he loves it. And the same thing showed with Elvis Andrews. Those yeah, are the two I mean, guys I, out there I, loving to play baseball and they were surrounded by seven guys who were, yeah, we're done with baseball. I, I uh, think if we didn't have Andrews and Harrison, then we don't even have that nice run in September that gets our hopes up again. You know, the, it was the, those two guys were the motivating factor for that little win streak that Cairo put together right when he took over before the big losing streak. But those are the guys that were really energizing this team to say like, Hey, you guys, we're not out of this. Like we are in the American League Central. Let's go out there and play some baseball. Andrews and Harrison were electric and for 10 days brought up the rest of the team. In, in a very similar way, we started seeing life from Abreu again. We started seeing uh, a lot of joy, a lot of excitement. Then they lose that game to Cleveland, and the young guys concede. They were done. You they know, were done. You lose, a game, you lose a game like that, extra innings, crucial game, and you go one of two ways. Yes, it's, it's, I don't care what level of sport it is. That, you know, it can be intramurals in college. You get down a lot and when it's your whole life with you, you get really down. But you either then recover and say, all right, we're doing this now. 
before you go, well, that was that. I guess we're through, which is exactly what the rest of the White Sox did. Meanwhile, outfield, uh, the, the names that popped up either in the write-up or in the, the, uh, the uh, chat, uh, Bruce, uh, <laughs> or uh, Nimmo, that ain't going to happen. Nimmo's expected to sign for more than uh, $100 million. Ben Attendi, not going to happen again. Too much money. It's not going to happen. He can play defense and he gets left-handed. We don't want that. Uh, Cody <laughs> Bellinger, that's a possibility. Coming off a really bad season, it could happen. Two really bad seasons. It, <laughs> that, I mean, yes, that feels like the White Sox signing here. A left-handed bat who's now, I mean, here, here's what I'll say. Bellinger can still play defense. You know, Bellinger is still a quality center fielder. If you put him in left, he would easily be one of the best left fielders in the American League. However, I mean, you can't. He he's he's still going to demand, I think because of his resume, a pretty hefty paycheck. And it's just not there. It's it's not there anymore. I I, well, the I money, like Bellinger. Where the money's gonna but, go is to is to AJ Pollock who's got us take his player option for sure. So that's But to be fair, statistically, Pollock is a better deal at seventeen million than Bellinger is at seventeen million. I uh, mean thir- thirteen thirteen million for uh for thirteen and a half I think is, is uh for Pollock. You know you know Harrison's OPS was higher than Pollock's I believe it, but you know we're we're but they won't sign him for about... for a for a net of four million. Which is the difference between the guaranteed. Now, anyhow, uh, so those guys are thinking, I've got my own plan, knowing they're not going to do it because they won't spend the money. Dan B. Swanson. <laughs> they signed, cause he's only about number four on the usual list of the superstars shortstops that are coming up. Yeah. So they signed Dan B. Swanson, who is terrific defensively, in addition to being the hitter. Move Tim over to second for the hole that they left because they didn't pick up the contract on that they had for easy money on, on Josh. And all of a sudden you've got a very viable uh, combination out there. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and it's only a hundred. Everything maybe, you're saying is true. Everything you're it's, saying it's not, is true. It's, it's not more than maybe 120, 140 million away. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you're saying in this uh, utopian world of us actually signing great defenders and making good decisions. Well, let's, let's uh, put Nemo out there too. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, and who else? Who has a cannon and knows how to play outfield and is about to be available and hit 62 home runs this year? <laughs> That's true. We need a right Why are we fielder. sleeping on now, Aaron Judge? The excuse will be, watch this, when Han finally faces the press or, or a fan or something come next August. Well, but, but Judge isn't a left-handed hitter and we needed a left-handed hitter. Yeah. And be like, you know, but his reverse splits aren't amazing. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, we shouldn't take him then. Yeah. Yeah. And what 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 the essence of it was basically in the write-up and even from most of the people calling in on the chat was they ain't gonna do crap. No. And here's what I'll say. I think the lead line of the right or no, I think the the lead lineup of Paul Sullivan's column today, the day we were recording, was a new manager can only do so much. And that's absolutely true. Yeah. It, it, you got to hope some, there's something wrong in the clubhouse. There's something very, very wrong in that clubhouse. And it's possible a new manager could straighten that out. 
But I think it's going to take getting rid of some guys, and it's going to take getting rid of some guys, because we don't know who the trouble is. We just know that right. something's wrong. It's going to be taking getting rid of some guys that we as fans are going to be very unhappy to see go. But that could be an addition by subtraction. Which is fine. I mean, that's baseball. Um, But I will say this. we got to wrap up. But I will say this. I'm going to make one bold claim. If in April our outfield is Cody Bellinger, Luis Robert, and Aaron Judge, you and I will buy season tickets. With Dan's, okay, with Dan's Swanson at short and, and, and Tim well, second. That's a given. Yeah, of course, we'd have Dansby at short. Um, then we're, and we're Carlos Rodon leading the rotation. And Jacob deGrom, because why not? We're <laughs> shopping. Um, that is all the time we have, uh, today on, on sharing socks. You got any quick final thoughts? Uh, no, I, I think your hat will be finally knocked off your head in, in the, in the World Series. The Phillies have been remarkable. They could keep it going. I mean, they're hitting a lot of home runs, but that, that Astros pitching staff is phenomenal. The Astros pitching staff is amazing, but the Phillies have got it. Go Phillies. Enjoy the World <laughs> Series. We'll see you next week on Sharing Socks.